0: Oh man, I wish y'all heard the behind the scenes of what we was just talking about, but we're going to make sure we repeat it all on the mic. Welcome everybody to the Sports Roundtable with a new cast here. All of us are going to be new here from this opportunity and hosting the Sports Roundtable, and I'm going to introduce myself first. My name is Anthony Brinson III. I am the podcast coordinator here at the State News, and you guys are probably familiar with me. I've been... A host of all shades of chocolate the new all black podcast from the state news i've made appearances on house lights and you hear my name here and there i've wrote a article here at the state news before and then i've been this is my second semester as the podcast coordinator and it was weird when i got the opportunity to host sports roundtable because it wasn't even on my radar like i had listened to the sports roundtable obviously because i edited and also just being a big sports fan and our new editor-in-chief morgan had messaged me and said we actually were on the phone actually and she called me and said hey so one I want to bring you back as podcast coordinator and I was like thank you for that because I had only had the experience for a couple months when I got hired at the beginning of this year and then she said hey also would you be interested in hosting sports roundtable or the way she presented to me she said be a part of like would you be interested in being a part of sports roundtable I end up finding out days later she would want me to be like one of the main hosts and I'm like okay definitely excited for the opportunity just the only concern I had was that I didn't I'm not that knowledgeable of college sports or like MSU sports so I didn't want to be like a liability but she told me like more so the reason why she got the idea was just from seeing my Twitter platform and be just being like everywhere because even though I do have the state news tag and like I am like podcast coordinator of state news I try to be in different avenues just to connect with different people online and have like just different People to interact with, and she saw. She said she saw me under some sports posts, and I wonder what post she saw me under. But she said that it, I would bring a certain energy to Sports Rantable that was needed, and I feel like I appreciated that, and I took the opportunity head first and made sure I was here. But I knew it wouldn't be right if I did it by myself, so I'm gonna let my other two co-hosts introduce themselves. I'll let probably Deshaun first, just because I'll let him talk about how his perspective was and when I. Um, propose the idea to him, and then we'll go to Thomas and end it up from there.
1: Yeah, so I mean, yeah, my name is Deshaun Johnson. Uh, I'm a senior here. Um, uh, my main focus is in journalism with a double minor in broadcast and sports journalism. Sports is kind of the, the market that I want to get into. Um, when Anthony first approached me about doing this podcast, you know, I've known Anthony since I switched into journalism here at MSU my sophomore year, and, you know, we've had a couple classes together, connected over many different things, and one thing that we always kind of do is debate different sports topics. And it's a range of things from obviously some MSU sports that go on here, but we talk a lot about professional sports, the NBA, the NFL, MMA fights. So when he first approached me to do this, I mean, like I was super excited. I, um, I, I do different things for MSU uh, sports media. I'm a part of the Spartan Sports Report and a couple other different media things like Big Ten U. So I'm definitely like um, locked in as far as MSU sports go. And then I'm just a big sports fan in general. I was a three-sport uh, three athlete in uh, high school, so I've never been able to let the game go. Uh, football, basketball, baseball I mean I watch them all So I, I think that I'll be able to add a couple of different angles As far as college sports go MSU sports and professional sports
0: And that's the main reason why I thought of you Instantly when we were Talking about me and Morgan Talking about the direction of the sports round table Because one I didn't even know you worked here at first And I saw your name under like the new hires And I'm like oh the state news is about to get A huge person in this newsroom Like just from the work you do Just in general it inspired me And I always felt proud to have like a friend like that who did so much and is also like an upperclassman from me being a junior, you being a senior now. And just knowing the knowledge you have, it felt perfect to have you on the show. And then we're talking to Morgan as well. She's the one who um, recommended you, Thomas, to be on the show. She was telling me like, hey, Thomas is really passionate about this and he would want the opportunity. And once I talked to Deshaun, I messaged you like, I feel like us three will have a good connection. And once she mentioned your name, I and then I um, message you on Slack. I'm like, this guy'd be perfect. So, just from your perspective, talk about just wanting to do the opportunity, your love for sports, and anything about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll keep it short and sweet because got a lot to talk about today. But I'm Thomas Cobb, sophomore at Michigan State University, reporter for the State News, covering all things sports and breaking news. Uh, it's my second year at the State News. Was lucky enough to get onboarded. As a freshman uh, last year, I focused on a lot of just regional things, whether it was you know city council, uh, labor unions, just a lot of things that were going on in East Lansing. And this year, been lucky enough to get assigned to the sports desk and get cracking on that. I was less of a less of an athlete in high school. Uh, played basketball, baseball, football. You know they didn't exactly pan out in high school, cool. so <laughs> switched to sports writing, and here we are. It was the editor of. Our high school sports section, and funnily enough, we did a podcast called the Breslin Bros. Really which covered wow. all things Michigan State basketball. So, you know, everyone's got a podcast nowadays. I thought let's try it, <laughs> and yeah, just was super stoked to get that text from you, Anthony, and you know, very grateful for this opportunity.
0: I really appreciate y'all taking the opportunity because obviously y'all aren't just host here at the State News. Y'all have other responsibilities, and then just as students in general. So, I really appreciate
2: both of you for being here and. Would, tell me a little bit more about the Breslin Bros. I didn't even know that. So. so yeah, it, me, and my uh, friend, who was actually the, my uh, co-editor in chief, okay, uh, Tate was about as big of a Michigan State basketball fan as I was, and you know we had the we had the materials, the resources to do podcasts out of my high school. You know we had like a little podcast room. Uh, the sports report didn't really utilize it as much as we should have, but that was one of the things that we did do. My buddy Tate and I. The breslin bros just kind of talked about all things michigan state basketball it was a little bit awkward because it was during covid and mm-hmm. that season on top of not being a very good one for michigan state was just all around really weird a lot of canceled games so uh, i think we're gonna have a, some pretty good structure in this which is something that the breslin bros lacked
0: <laughs> <laughs> and deshaun i know we've talked off camera about the sports you played as well i just wanted to ask what was your favorite sport when you played in high school um, so I
1: didn't start football into high school. Um, I played basketball for a long time. So all the way up until that point, basketball was my favorite sport. But mm-hmm. as, it still is watching. As far as playing, though, I don't think there's another type of feeling than football. The intensity that comes with it, the focus that you have to have, and then everything that happens under the lights, it was definitely my favorite sport to play. what you play? Um, I was a corner, and um, I, I, I was a third-string quarterback. Um, I'm a lefty, so I, I played baseball my entire life. Baseball is my longtime sport. So, um, I, I was a third-string quarterback. I never actually panned out in the games, but in uh, seven-on-sevens, I could I could throw a ball. I little could throw a little
2: emergency quarterback? <laughs>
1: yeah, no, yeah, but uh, yeah, mostly played corner. It was definitely one of the greatest experiences I've ever had
2: as far as high school sports go. So, and is it true what they say that uh, corners are a hard position on the field? Oh,
1: man, um, so I'm totally rocking with Richard Sherman on this one, man. Like, you know, I played slot receiver uh, for a couple games uh, my junior year, and, I mean, like, I love playing receiver. You know, it's, it's, a, it's obviously a different feeling there, too, but... Dude, you got to cover people running as fast as they can while you're going backwards, all right? It, 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 it's different. It's totally different. Uh, Yeah, dude, playing corner is extremely difficult.
0: So mentioning that, we can go a little bit off track here. I know we'll tackle MSU football to our win eventually, but you mentioned the Richard Sherman take, and we were talking about one of the things we wanted to talk about in this episode was just Shannon Sharp, great analyst, one of the analysts I looked up to, and just a great entertainer as well. And unfortunate to see... The legacy of him and Skip Bayless be torn apart, but with every closed door, there's a new open chapter and a new open door. So now we have Shannon and Stephen A., a duo I never thought would be together, and then on Undisputed is Skip Bayless, Richard Sherman, um, Michael Irvin, and then, how do you say the last guy's name? Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson, yeah, I made sure I didn't want to butcher it. How are we feeling about that? Just both shows in general with the chemistry of Stephen A. and Shannon, and then with Um, Undisputed, there were some clips going around, like Skip really couldn't get a word in, and just how we feeling just overall in general.
1: So, I mean, Undisputed was kind of one of the first major, like, sports shows that got me into, like, actually trying to do broadcast journalism mixed with sports journalism. Um, I'd watched so many different shows, but, like, there was something about the debate aspect of Undisputed that I had always loved about it. Like, I mean, like, the intensity that they had. So, I mean, Undisputed, Shannon Sharp, and Skip Bayless are kind of all, like, icons to me as far as something that I wanted to do in sports journalism. And, I, you know, it was super unfortunate watching the last couple things that happened on Undisputed or whatever. But, I mean, I think that new chapters have to come. So, I'm happy for both shows. Um, as far as Stephen A. and Shannon goes, I never thought I would see that combo. I totally agree with you. And, I mean, I love it. Um, you know, like... Uh, Stephen A. always has some hot takes. Like, I won't always say they're great. I won't always say they're not great, but they're hot takes. And I think Shannon gives a great aspect of the game, not just for football. I think that he does his he, he studies hard when it comes to the other sports as well. So I think that's going to be exciting. And as far as undisputed goes, I mean they got a lot of different personalities on there. I've watched the first couple episodes. It's been I've been I've been enjoying it, but I I, I do think Skip hasn't got as much as he used to get.
2: But I mean things change. So I was actually really excited for. Skip and Richard Sherman, because if you remember back, I think it was like right in Sherman's prime of his career, he was in the middle of, you know, talking all that trash to everybody he lined up across from, and he went on undisputed, and I think he was just ripping ripping Skip apart, and something that intrigued me was that they ended up bringing him back to be the host, so I really like that duo. Uh, I'm actually not a huge fan of uh, Stephen A. and Shannon Sharp, so I think it's a great duo overall. But I think that they're too much of the same person, mm-hmm. and that's why okay. I, that's why I really liked, uh, for example, like Skip and Shannon. You know, you have Shannon who's always on the attack, it feels like, and then Skip is, you know, defending, but he's very snarky, he's very passive aggressive, and that's sort of how he makes his point. And then similarly with Stephen A. and like Max Kellerman and Skip Bayless back when they used to do it together, mm-hmm. you know, those personalities worked great together because mm-hmm. ultimately it's a show about confrontation, about debate. Yes. And so when you bring in Shannon and Stephen A. on the same duo, like they're headbutting each other, you know, I feel like it's a little bit too buddy-buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like, you know, they have their on-camera beef, and then once the cameras turn off, they just kind of, you know, go back to being buddies. I didn't get that sense with Skip and Stephen A., really? or Skip and Shannon. Like, I genu- I genuinely felt that there was hostility, uh, you know, granted the fact that they were so successful.
0: Yeah. I do agree with the points you made, but I feel like those points as to why are why I love it. So with Skip and Shannon, I really loved it as well, but as it got closer to the end, you could feel it was more animosity than it was just healthy debate, and it came off as though it wasn't enjoyable for them anymore, and it sucked because they, if I'm not mistaken, they had a relationship outside of Undisputed as well, and with Stephen A, I wasn't, I was was not a huge fan at all of them dropping Max Kellerman from first take and I I feel like ever since that happened first take was kind of on the down low Mm -hmm. and it didn't really hit the same no more so I feel like bringing in Shannon Sharp even though they're both really similar I feel like Stephen A plays the antagonist role very well like pushing those buttons and getting the reactions out of Shannon so I feel like they have enough in common for them to have chemistry but they have enough of a different personality to make it entertainment. Because at the end of the day, I would want them to be knowledgeable of sports, but it's entertainment, at least from my perspective. So I feel like if they ever bring Shannon on permanently, because I know it's like only like once or twice a week at the moment. I think
1: it's only on Tuesdays.
0: Yeah, so once they make it a permanent thing, if they make it a permanent thing, I feel like it'll take first take in a good direction. And we'll just have to see from there. Because Stephen A. has had the ability to be very versatile with his partners. I mean, Skip Bayless, Matt Kellerman, Shannon Sharp. Michael Irvin used to be on there before you he on Undisputed, so it really it shows that he's willing to give the opportunities to anyone, just like he said. He's always mentioned Skip has gave the opportunity to him, so I'm excited for it, and I like the uh, pairing as of right now. And then. I saw some clips where Shannon kept calling Stephen a Skip, and then it just I was like, yeah, dang, like then, like uh, I can Steve understand that. On the, name the name tag, tag <laughs>
2: yes, yeah, no, yeah. Um, I just feel like it was a it was a, a higher mostly just for the fans, like for a, the approval rating. Yeah. I can yeah. also group that. Yeah, too. I would agree because I mean, like going off what you said,
1: Tom. I, like I mean, the different personalities on debate shows is, is, is it's a huge part of it. And I, I would say that Stephen A. and Shannon are a little bit similar, like as far as like the way they do their takes and everything. And that that was one thing that I loved. I, I, I Agreeing with Ant too, like I thought that the. Uh, debate, like animosity that was there, started to become a uh, much more than that was needed. Um, but I, I mean, like you know, I don't want to like put too much blame on either one of them. I think they've been together for seven, six, seven years at that point, so that's a long time to be doing a show with just one person. So I mean,
2: new chapters, like I said, it was probably time. And people have you know come out and said that hey, Skip Bayless, like he's kind of a loner, like he's he's not exactly the outgoing guy that mm-hmm. Stephen A. Smith is, and I got the sense that you know as Shannon. Became more on the attack year by year. Skip didn't rise to that; he kind of shrunk to it, mm-hmm. and it came, it got to the point where you know it just wasn't there, wasn't enough chemistry because they were yeah. so disconnected from each other. It's
0: so an interesting way to look at it, and I know you mentioned like just now with Skip being more of a loner, and he yeah, had mentioned some. It was one of his solo podcasts or episodes things he's doing. He was telling the story of him and his wife how he met his wife, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with the story where he said. He Told her on like the first date, like, my career is gonna come first, regardless, yes, like yes. over you, over kids, over anything. And that blew my mind because I've always been very family oriented. Like, I want kids when I um, get older, specifically a daughter, just having that relationship of a male and a young girl raising her. I feel like it'll keep that part of like that kindness in a man. I feel like it'll develop it more and keep it, um, like in you. And just for him to take his career so seriously, it blew my mind, but it shows that if you're really passionate about something and you really want it to be the forefront, like you're going to make it successful. So just being in this field as journalist, do you guys have any opinions as far as like career relationships and just balancing that, or maybe not balancing it. If you ever get the right opportunity, do you guys have anything to say about that?
2: Well, I'll just say it's one thing to like be career oriented. It's another thing to say that, (laughs) you know, if that's true on the first date with, Someone. Yeah no yeah that's he, he definitely and that, like really that just kind of goes to prove my point that he's just an odd guy <laughs> and I think that you know Shannon kind of going back to what we're saying but Shannon's not really that much of a of a introvert he's mm-hmm. gonna you know attack your flaws outwardly mm-hmm. and as a result Skip just kind of shrunk but uh, more to what you said I think that family comes before everything mm-hmm. and personally my life becomes uh, comes. Yeah. So, you know, as far as, you know, being a student journalist, I've always said I want my college experience, I guess, to come before my career. Because I'm 19 years old. I have no idea what I want to do with my life, with anything, whether it's print. All I know is I want to be in sports journalism. Mm -hmm. And so in the process of feeling things out, I don't want to lose those four years of college that you only get once. And that's kind of my take on it when it comes to work. Family's first. My life is first.
0: It's a great way to look at it, and I definitely agree. You got any additional thoughts, Deshaun?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I understand the mindset of like, if you want to be the best, you know, you're going to have to give like everything you got for it. And like, I, I going back on that tangent real quick, I think it's uh, very hilarious. I think uh, Skip says that he, it's either one way or the other, but he either calls his wife, Armistead, 1A and sports 1B, or <laughs> it's the other way around. But I, I, I do think that's a little bit extreme. Like, I, I'm like, I agree with you, Thomas. I'm a family dude. Like, I mean, like, um, not to get on like too much of my personal life but like I just think that my relationships that I have with significant others friends families are like super important and are part of the reason why I'm here right now in the first place so like I don't think that I could be one of those people that just like turns it all off to try and like strictly focus on my career i I, I get working hard I get like having to make opportunity costs when the time comes but I don't think that you have to especially on the first date or like live this lifestyle entirely um, of you know, my career is 1A and there's no
2: close to. I mean, yeah, we're journalists. It's not like we have a 9 to 5, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Even as a journalist, if you say you want to prioritize your family, you know, you're going to have to give that up at some points. Mm -hmm.
0: It's an interesting field because it's very flexible and it's very broad. You can Mm -hmm. do many things in journalism, but eventually it may take you in a path to where at the very least you'll have to find someone understanding of that. And just like you two said, I'm a huge family guy and I would hope that as my career goes on no matter where I go I would want my partner to be by my side whether that would be making sacrifices for their career them making sacrifices for my career at the end of the day the family comes first Mm -hmm. but speaking of family I know a lot of people are here for the MSU side of things and we're all family here at Michigan State like we were just talking earlier just bringing us together and hosting this show so Michigan State their season started not too long ago I think that was last week if I'm not mistaken correct Mm -hmm. and we won in pretty convincing fashion and I know people were saying last year like oh we played Central last year and lost. I wasn't too familiar with it but one of the best highlights I saw was the catch the one handed grab. We was talking um, off camera about it and I know you two I'm assuming you guys either went to the game or watched the game so yeah. I know y'all have more knowledge about that. Whichever one of you want to start about that just seeing that and having the vibes of winning the opening game I can only imagine how exciting it is.
2: Yeah, you know, first of all I'm Thought it was great to be back, just <laughs> being in that in the woodshed, Spartan yeah, Stadium. Definitely going. It was in. a packed house. I was very very pleased with the attendance. You know, thought there was gonna be some holes based on how we did last year, but that was not the case. Uh, I ended up in the nosebleeds. <laughs> Couldn't yeah. even get in the student section because it was so packed out. But that was my initial vibes were how you know awesome it was to be back. And then it was you know worry because I think what we had like six. I should say it's six passing yards. Like almost at halftime. Yeah. I think it was before the draw, the touchdown drive at the end of the first half. They yeah. had six passing yards. And, you know, I wasn't even disappointed. I was just kind of numb. Because yeah. that's how I felt all last year watching those games. And we turned it up, thankfully. I think that, that touchdown drive saved not just the game, but maybe, like, this first entire half of the season. Because if we go down 7-3 to Central Michigan at home at halftime, I mean, the boos are... Are chorusing down yes, on the players. They're getting absolutely showered, and you know no one wants that. And I personally don't boo, but I don't disagree with fans who do. Mm-hmm. But overall, I actually liked what I saw from a lot of the young guys. Noah yeah. Kim. I liked what I saw from him after a shaky start. I think he has a higher ceiling than Peyton Thorn. Uh, he's more accurate, smarter. He's a better runner. He looks really good throwing on the run, and I think that that's something that Peyton Thorn was his ability to make plays out of the pocket and Noah Kim looked really good doing that. He was a few drops away from making some really, really you know, good looking plays outside of the pocket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, de- the defense looked improved in a lot of ways, especially open field tackling. Last year we couldn't tackle anybody in the open and it felt like we were getting guys down. Granted, Central Michigan. But it was encouraging to see you know, guys making open field tackles and I still think coaching is holding the team back. When it comes to play calling, especially on the fourth and ones. Yes. Lining up in shotgun on fourth and one, I'll never understand. <laughs> Playing a, you know, mid Atlantic conference team. Line up under center. Move bodies, push the pile forward, get a first down.
1: Yeah, so I mean like my thoughts uh, are somewhat similar. First off, you know, I was at the game, I was lucky enough to get into the student section. Um I heard that there were some issues going on with that. Yeah, um
2: to say the least.
1: Yeah, but um I mean I think Things definitely look kind of shaky in the first, you know. Like, you mentioned being numb and, like, just, like, being there um, while things are happening. They're not going great for MSU. But, like, um, watching the first half, uh, seeing the first – seeing MSU get that first score, um, we had uh, Glover with those two back-to-back 32-yard catches. I mean, like, I think, as you mentioned, there was only six yards up until, I think, two minutes in la- less than the first half. It, was, it, w- it wasn't great. But those two minutes right there, I think that's when, like, everything kind of turned around. I mean – up, and up into that point, things had been kind of quiet like going on in the student section. Like, everybody everybody was very live at first, but things started to die down. But then Glover got those two back-to-back catches and, and everyone just were standing at that point, you know, like, I mean... And then moving, moving into the second half, the defense really stepped it up, I think, in the second half. Um, things started off when... Um, we got that, uh, we got the inception on the very first drive, yep. uh, center's very first right. drive, and I mean, I think that, at, like, it was it was definitely the end of the first half, but really this is the beginning of the second half that got us going. I think the defense really stepped it up, which allowed the offense to kind of loosen up a little bit. Noah Kim, he, he looked a little rocky at first. You know, there was a couple miscues, a couple misthrows, stuff like that, but I think in the second half, he really got comfortable. He It, it looked like the chemistry between him and the receivers were up. He was making great connections with Henry and with Glover. Henry had that amazing catch, you know, uh, to give him, was it was 24? It was insane watching that catch. That's his first catch in the in his college career, and it was a one-handed snag. So I think overall, you know, there's definitely some things we still have to work on. I think coaching is a part of the issue, and I think we really start looking into that this season as far as what happens and what we can do going for, further with that. But, I mean, obviously we've got some knots that are already tied anyway. But um, I think I, I you know. I think Noah Kim played a really good uh, played a really good game for not being announced a starter to the very beginning of the game. I'm sure that put a lot of different pressure on him, you know. So he said he found
2: out about a week before.
1: Oh, okay. So yeah. I, I, that that definitely probably loosened the pressure on him a little bit. But I mean, either way, you know, like this is his his, his gonna be his first game starting. Everyone's waiting to see who's gonna come out there and right. perform. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I think uh, a bunch of rookies or not rookies, but like new players stepped up for us and and Jerron Glover, Carter, and Tyrell Henry. So I think overall we have a great looking season ahead of us but there's going to be some kinks we got to put
0: out okay and I know you guys both touched on that a little bit but what are you guys expectations for MSU this year as far as record achievements hopes
2: so the record is a tough one for me but if I were to quantify what is a successful season and what's not I would probably say that seven wins is a success which okay. you know says something about the state of the program. You go, hmm. you go seven and five in the seasons of success, and that's purely based on our opponents yes. and how we looked against certain teams last year. Like, I think that the biggest games are Maryland, which is just at home. Like, if Michigan State wants to compete in the Big Ten in coming years, they have to at least look good in that game. Mm-hmm. It didn't look good against Maryland last year. It looked awful into Minnesota last year that's a big game just sort of these middle of the pack big Ten teams mm-hmm. you know we're definitely I guess I should say we're probably not gonna see wins against Ohio State Michigan Penn State or Washington yeah however wins against those teams are program changers mm-hmm. uh, you know that might be enough to get a four-star or five-star recruit to come to your school definitely and but like I said I think that our season will be defined by the Maryland game the Minnesota game and the Indiana game because these are all sort of middle-of-the-line Big Ten teams that if we want to compete, we have to
1: beat. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I want to agree that I think that a successful season, firstly, is just being better than last year. I think that's got to be like a basis for what we look at as a successful season. But, um, I mean, yeah, seven, eight games, I think, is kind of like um, not a ceiling, but like where we would really start to think that things are changing, at least like just a, even if it's just slightly, things are going to be on the up and up um I uh I I I agree with you I I don't think that we should be having crazy expectations for games against Ohio State Michigan and and, uh, Washington even like I mean like I think that we're going to have some very tough games I know we're trying to turn things around this season but our schedule is not easy whatsoever so um I do think that uh you know I think the Rutgers game would be interesting as far as a game that would be close but like in like in somewhere of the range for us to, like, really get a nice win out there. I do think the Indiana game. And then, obviously, just uh, this isn't really an expectation, but I'm really excited for the Penn State game. I think that what they're doing with the forward field thing is just amazing. But 7-8 games, I, I think that's going to be a realistically successful season for the Spartans this year.
0: Definitely understandable. And as someone who's not really into college football or MSU sports like that, the main thing I would expect Tech is, expect is to just have that moment that pulls people like me in who don't really watch college sports like that. I remember freshman year, there was this running back by the name of Kenny Walker, Kenneth Walker third, yeah. and he was so electrified for MSU sports because he was a big part of the program and a big part of why we won the U of M game that year. And it just pulled me in as someone who's not really a someone who's knowledgeable about it. And it's like, wow, like that guy, won, he's going to the NFL, but also seeing the excited chaos of fans being happy of uh, like a good msu star player it was exciting so just seeing things like the one handed grab and seeing the impact msu sports still has even with the things that have happened in the past years of maybe being let down in some ways it's really exciting and I want to ask you guys, being at the game, because I've never—fun fact—I've never been to an MSU uh, college football game before. So just, yeah, I've heard that I got to get that experience at least once before I leave MSU. So being people who's been at an MSU game, what's the main difference between watching it on TV and then being there live? I know if, if you can go first, the Since said you said you were lucky enough to get in the student section. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's, it's just simply the atmosphere. So um, I, I work a lot of the football games. So this is, like, my first time ever actually being in the student section. It's my senior year, and I missed out on a lot of stuff my first couple of years. But, I mean... From the moment you walk into the stadium, it's just like nothing. It's before you walk in the stadium. It's it's a feeling that you've never felt before. Like I mean, like it's 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 our very first game, and I think that I, I, like you mentioned the numb feeling earlier. A lot of us, although we're like don't have the biggest expectations. I think there was a strong expectation that we had a good chance to win this game. So like the energy going into the stadium was just immaculate. I mean, you got no breathing room once you get into the student Yeah, I mean anytime
2: <laughs> anytime you're paying a coach hundred million dollars, yeah, you yeah, <laughs> come out with some Ws. Definitely,
1: definitely so, I mean, like I like obviously the the confidence level in the football team has not been of the highest level this year, you know, around campus, but it doesn't matter, the love's still there for the team, you know, like the like the we we appreciate them and uh, the, the the excitement that they bring to campus around this time of the year, so being in the student section, was nothing that I've ever seen before the no leg room, no breathing room, but sure. you're still having the grandest of time, so
2: okay. Yeah, everything's different. I mean, when it comes to the atmosphere, it comes to the overall game experience, I love watching it in real time. Like, you see these guys. Like, some of these guys are younger than me, which is hard to believe because I'm 19 years old, Mm -hmm. and these kids are out here at 18 making guys miss in Spartan Stadium, packed Spartan Stadium. And I think that that kind of just sums up what's so special about college football is you have – these amazing athletes, but it's also kind of a coming-of-age thing, and you get mm-hmm. to watch these kids go from point A to point B. You know, Tom has talked about it all the time, but that's, his, that's the most rewarding part of being a coach for him, is, you know, watching a Kenneth Walker, who sat on the bench at Wake Forest, go from Kenneth Walker, who's a second-round draft pick, and the offensive rookie of the year in the NFL, like that probably is the most rewarding part of it for the coaches. And as a fan, it's you know similarly rewarding probably not as much because you're not hands-on guiding the kid but you can Mm -hmm. just get to see that that growth and development and that coming of age and that's I would say my favorite part about going to those games and watching the team through the years
0: yeah that's definitely I can imagine it's a remarkable experience to see somebody go from a young kid just coming out of high school not really knowing what to do with life to accomplishing their dreams and becoming an athlete that they strive to be since they were young and just from the fans perspective seeing people your age or even younger than you go out and do the things that you see on tv and seeing them right they are live it's it's a crazy feeling i remember one time so chris a part of the state news one of the managers here he does a lot of things with the football team and i remember one time i was editing a podcast one day and one of the football team members just walked in the office and he was like yeah i'm looking for a chris i'm looking like you look like an athlete. Like, I didn't know exactly who he was, but I'm like, you, like, first of all, you're 6'5", but you, know you look so, I have no idea who it was. Like, I don't remember, just because I was pretty starstruck that, like, just a college football player was in there, and I remember some of the um, basketball team from MSU's team last year, they did a event at Detroit Wayne Company, and the State News, we own, I'm pretty sure we own the Detroit Wayne Company down there, so we literally, I walked in, and I saw them. They had, like, a section cut off, so I couldn't, like, talk to them, but I just saw them, like, Much up close, I'm like, wow, like these people just go to class like we do every day, and they're also on TV. Just I wonder how that balance is of being like a 19 20 year old trying to balance somewhat fame and like NIL deals if they have them and just going to college every day and trying to balance that lifestyle. It's pretty unique and it's pretty dope that we get that experience here at Michigan State because I forget just how big of a school we are because I've gotten used to it like, oh yeah, I'm just going to school, but like. I work a second job at the Breslin Center, and people were coming to me like, "Oh my gosh, like you work at the Breslin Center? Like you go to Michigan State University? Like how does it feel?" And I'm thinking like, like oh, I'm just okay. I'm just I'm just going to school, but it's so cool to be a part of one of the biggest colleges in the world, and I think we're the biggest campus in Michigan. Period, like even bigger than U of M. So it's mm-hmm. just it's one of those things that you sometimes take for granted, and I really hope I get that experience before I leave MSU, just being a part of that atmosphere, being at one of the games, and yeah and luckily even though I haven't got that experience we're here talking about it we're talking about things we love such as sports and I talked to Morgan the editor in chief before we recorded this episode of like would it be okay to talk about like different sports or different things other than just college sports she said like yeah go for it so we were talking off camera about the NFL season to keep it on football and tonight at the time of this recording it will be posted after but we record this on Thursday, September 7th, and the NFL season is having its opener with the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Detroit Lions. And we have someone like Deshaun here with – you guys can't see it, but Detroit Lions hat on, pretty sure that – Detroit versus everybody. Detroit versus everybody sweatshirt, making sure, like, Detroit go pull it off. And then you got people like me and Thomas, who not really Detroit fan. I'm from Detroit, but I'm not really a huge Detroit team fan in general. I like some of the all-time teams. That's a whole other conversation. But – I've been let down time and time again from the Lions and I really can't have that faith of them pulling it off tonight, especially since the quarterback they're going against arguably, I know you guys are talking, probably the most talented quarterback of all time of Patrick Mahomes. So just to get my prediction out the way before I ask y'all, I definitely think the Chiefs are going to handle business tonight. Patrick Mahomes is he's, he's that guy. He's the reason why the Chiefs are who they are and he's changed that program ever since he stepped foot on the field in the NFL. and what does make it interesting in a closer game is Travis Kelsey was reported out due to his knee injury. So that's going to make it probably a bit close. And I've joked with my dad, who's been a huge Lion fan in the past, like this type of game, they just randomly win. Like even if the Chiefs was healthy, they'll just randomly pull this off and then go on like a three-game losing streak. But I gonna ask you guys' opinion. I know probably we all know what y'all about to say, especially since describing Deshaun's, the fit <laughs> he wearing today. But how do you guys think this game's going to play out? And what score or what key takeaways you have from this matchup we can like to go first
1: um, yeah so i mean i i want to start by saying you know like yeah i'm i'm a huge detroit sports fan you know like i obviously meant uh, anthony you mentioned being let down from time to time again but i mean i can't give up on them you know i've been here my entire life it's and it, it's a part of who i am you know even if i disagree with some of the things that are going on within our teams but i mean i, I think the lions have a great chance tonight and it's not just i mean obviously if, if you guys haven't heard um uh, Travis Kelsey would not be playing in their game tonight and then obviously Chris Jones won't be there either. Um, I think the Lions coming into this there's the biggest enemy that we're going to have it, it really doesn't even have anything to do with the Chiefs besides Patrick Mahomes it's the pressure that's going to be on this first game. The Lions have never been great with dealing with pressure like um, I, like to, to mention last year, you know, trying to get into the playoffs, we had that game against Carolina, and it was just it. It, it was a game that many of us went into as fans thinking that it was going to be an easy, not an easy win, but something that we were very capable of doing, and we end up getting washed. And and then you see us go against Green Bay when we're out of contention at this point, and we just steal a game from right then. Part of that is obviously the the the, the love hate relationship that we have more on the hate side for the Green Bay Packers. But coming into this year, I think that there's a lot of. Good things that the Lions got playing out for them. I mean, like Aiden Hutchinson has just been an absolute beast for us. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to have a lot to show for the Lions this year. I know that he got drafted really high, and that means there's going to be like a a huge amount of pressure on him. But I don't think that running backs usually get drafted high without at least meeting most of their expectations. Like, I mean, like you don't usually go and get someone unless you know that they're going to be that. And I think that Jameer Gibbs has the skill, the speed to be a really good running back. And I think the Lions overall have a really good chance, but I, I want to mention that I'm also a huge Pat Mahomes fan. I, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a Chiefs fan, but Patrick Mahomes has some of the best skills that I've ever seen anybody play at the quarterback. So I mean, I just I don't want to I don't want to doubt them. I don't want to put them out. However, I do get the Lions winning, and I I, I think it's going to be somewhere in the in the realm of like. Twenty-seven, thirty-one, or something, and like that's going to be a one-score game. It might be within a field goal. The, the Lions could win off a field goal. The, the exact same thing for the Chiefs. They could win right off a field goal. I mean, so, but I, I got the I got the Lions tonight. You know, we're hoping, but I'm I'm not kind of the Chiefs out at all.
2: Okay. Yeah, I think that if this game was played in Detroit, I would pick the Lions to win. But it's at a notoriously tough place to play. Yes. And then you factor in the fact that Patrick Mahomes is statistically the greatest week <laughs> one starting quarterback in NFL history. Yeah. I mean, look at this guy's numbers. His first starter, or his, I guess it would be his second game as a starter, his first opening day as a starter, 2018 versus the Jags. He threw for 250 and four touchdowns. And, you know, in his five opening days, he's thrown for 1,500 passing yards, 18 touchdowns, zero interceptions, God. and a Insane. 140 passer rating. And so to me... You know, last year, everyone was saying, oh, they have no Tyree Kill. There's no this, there's no that. This year, it's no Travis Kelsey, no Chris Jones. Doesn't matter. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. It's at Arrowhead. I don't see the Lions coming away with it, but, you know, I think they're going to show some promise. I think maybe they don't come away with the win, but they show that they're going to meet expectations for this year. I think they lose 34-30 garbage time touchdown.
0: Okay. Definitely understandable. I mean, I was talking to Deshaun off camera. I don't see the Lions putting up 30 points, but then again, I could be wrong. It could just be the blinds of just being disappointed by the Lions, but I think it's going to be a good matchup regardless. Especially opening night, you know, football's back whether it's college, NFL, we get that feeling of getting sports back Mm -hmm. and then next month we go to the NBA and it's just, it, it has like a rejuvenating feeling of just preparing for the school year, starting off, you know, summer and getting off of sports, you got the NBA Finals and then Super Bowl at the beginning of the year and just you get a pretty big gap of not getting these sports Mm -hmm. and so when it all just comes full circle it's like it gets you excited and I know we'll probably have to wrap up here soon even though I'm very interested just from people who listen are you guys interested in more longer podcasts, more long talks about Sports Roundtable. How do we do as hosts for our first episode and incorporating different things with Sports Roundtable? Just let us know, and I'll try and report back to Deshaun and um, Thomas once I get that type of feedback back, however I get that back. But just to end it off here, I want to ask, I know we were talking um, off camera about fantasy football, to keep it on football. Do you play fantasy football at all, Thomas?
2: So, yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) I told myself coming into the year that I would have one team. I have three. I got three. Sean also has three. I three. have three as well. I think you're in the sports desk league. Yes. So I yeah, Sean and I are in the league together with the sports desk here at the state news, and then I'm in two with my friends from back home. Okay. Okay. And I always oversell myself, sell so myself. I'm going to do one or two, and I'm doing three or four. But I think that's just kind of the beauty of it. It, it gets you every time, and somehow you end up happier. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, definitely. No, yeah. I, I said the same thing. I. the the drafting process you know like once you you know you sign up for all these leagues and you're like oh I'm ready and then you get into some of these drafts and it just uh, I'm not ready for this season at all um so yeah I mean I I love fantasy there's there's a certain part of it that makes football even funner than it already is it's it's a competitive bragging rights thing with you and your friends or whoever you're doing it with so yeah no I'm excited for fantasy this year for
0: sure And if I could ask, I'll go first since I have it pulled up, but just you guys can read off one of your uh, fantasy teams and just talk about what was the thought process going into the draft and why did you draft certain players, and I'll definitely go first. So I'm in only one league this year, and it's an eight-man league with some of my friends, and I had the third overall pick, and going into it, I was actually unaware that Justin Jefferson was the consensus number one. My dad was talking. He also plays fantasy. And he was saying, like, yeah, like, Justin Jefferson is the number one. And I'm like, hmm, that's pretty interesting. But Justin Jefferson is one of the best receivers in the league. But I wasn't too lucky to get him because they scooped him up for his overall pick. There's a running joke in my league with my friends that one of our friends, named is Eric, who runs the league. And every single year, either him or his dad is the number one pick. And we always <laughs> look like, like, bro, there's just – no shot that none of us go get the one number one pick at all, and then this year he got it again and scooped Justin Jefferson. And then I think one of the people who are new to our fantasy league, I think they took Patrick Mahomes at number two, which I'm not familiar. I can check and see if that was – like, if that's accurate, I'll do a live check and see when did he pick Patrick Mahomes. But I took Austin Eckler at three. That was my first pick since he failed to me um at the draft. Didn't
2: Mahomes go –
1: he went. To, I, he went to me at number two in our in our sports test draft. Really, I, I drafted number two. And okay, you took I, him first round. I, I took him first round. Of, okay, but hear me out. Okay, I know. I I I know it's recommended against. But What's wrong with you? I, I just want to reiterate that, like I said, I'm a huge Patrick Mahomes fan, and I I, I, I drafted six in um my two previous leagues. So uh, the, the the league that me and Thomas are a part of, we drafted we drafted last night, and that was the pick I had, That was where I had number two pick previous to that I did two drafts at number 6 both and um I got Lamar at quarterback for both those teams and I was happy with that pick but every single thing everybody was picking Pat Mahomes early and it just uh, something made me feel so greedy that I had to take him in this new in, in this new sports desk go so I, I went with him I know it's not the most knowledgeable pick as far as fantasy goes but I think I just needed to have him on I know someone else in our uh, on our on our um in our um, fantasy had something about Mahomes in their name um, I'm not sure who it is, but I, I there was something that told me I needed to draft to Pat Mahomes. It was it was first round, second pick. I'm totally willing to admit that I did it this year, hmm. and it honestly, candidly, it may not have
2: worked out the way I wanted it to, though. Really, I'd like, I'd like <laughs> to know who in the league let me get this good of a team because I'm productive to win the league, and it's like not even close. Yeah, Josh Allen, Josh Jacobs. Oh. How many games is commercial suspended for? Four, I think it's yes. four. I reached there, uh, definitely reached there for sure. We have some good backup running backs. We have uh, Javante Williams, my boy from okay. Denver. Okay. Okay. But uh, Josh Allen, Josh Jacobs, Kamara, Jamar Chase, Jalen mm. Waddle, Dallas, mm. Dallas Goddard, Deontay Johnson, Bills defense, Jake Moody. Not yeah. bad. No, I Not mean bad. that's a really
1: good team. <laughs> like, 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 like I said, I think, my, I think where I drafted six in both my other drafts, um, I, 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 I have. Um, some really good drafts there. And I don't think this is a bad draft, but um, for the the same league that Thomas was talking about, I got Patrick Mahomes, I got Derrick Henry as my first running back, I got uh, Ramondre Stevenson as my second running back, and uh, I got Garrett Wilson, Amari Cooper, and Kyle Pitts. I'm a little worried about that Kyle Pitts pick, though. I think that Atlanta is like about to like just go all out on Bijan, so I don't know about that one. I also got Mike Evans, I got the 49ers defense,
0: and Jay Tuck, so I think I got some assets to maybe yeah. make some moves here yeah. for sure. It's a solid I like that team. team. And what, um, how many people was in y'all league that had, from ten. the teams y'all just talked about? Ten. Ten. Yeah, there's
1: a ten. This one's ten, and then the other two I'm in um, are eight man leagues. Okay, okay.
0: For my team, like I said, it was eight man league. By the way, just to confirm, he did take Patrick Mahomes second overall, yeah. so it went Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes, and That's then wild. it was my pick. <laughs> I scooped up Austin Eckler as like my first pick, and then the way I try to draft, I do feel drafting the quarterback as your first pick is crazy, but. I'm also crazy enough to do it like my third pick. So I'm going to try and go off memory and then check myself as I'm looking at it um, on my screen by the Austin Eckler first. And then Saquon Barkley failed to me all the way in the second round. And I was telling Deshaun we were on the right here. I have a weird relationship with um, Saquon Barkley (laughs) because every year I draft him, he got hurt or he underperformed. And then the one year I didn't draft him, which I think was last year, he performed really well. So I'm like, man, if he go drop to me second pick, I'm going to take him. And then after that, I think Devontae Adams was my third pick. He failed to me as my third pick. And then going from there, I'm like, okay, I need a good quarterback. Because people try and say, like, draft your quarterback late, which team building-wise is probably better. But I didn't want to get, like, a mediocre quarterback. So since Patrick Mahomes was taken, I had my eyes on Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. And the pick right before me, they took Josh Allen. I'm like, dang, I really Mm. want Josh Allen. So I took Jalen Hurts as my quarterback and then at that point, I'm at looking at Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, Devontae Adams, Jalen Hurts. I'm like, that's a solid four. Yeah. yeah so man. after that, Aaron Jones ended up following me as well, so I put him at the flex spot. And then after that, the only bad part about how I chose the draft is people took tight ends earlier than I expected. Mm-hmm. I planned on getting TJ Hawkinson as my tight end, but somebody took him. Like a few picks before me, so I ended up selling with Evan Ingram, which I still think he's going to have a pretty good year, and not a bad pick at all, and then Jacksonville. Jacksonville got a squad this year, low-key. I didn't know Calvin Ridley went to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then Trevor Lawrence coming to his own, so I wasn't too mad about the Evan Ingram pick, and then to round off the rest of my team, I got Mike Evans as my second receiver, and then I got the Bills defense, and Carlson from the um, Las Vegas um, Raiders. And then as, as my bench took so Justin Herbert as my backup quarterback. I've been a big Justin Herbert fan since he's gotten in the league, especially fantasy-wise. He's been a pretty solid pick. And then after that, I took a few risks, and Jonathan Taylor fell almost to the end of the draft, and I felt like even though he is out, he still has been pretty solid for the past few years. So I scooped up Jonathan Taylor, and then I also picked up Odell and Michael Thomas. Because with Odell being with Lamar Jackson, I'm like, that got to be, like, I, I got a lot of faith in that. Yeah. And with Michael Thomas, he's had a few years being injured, but he's never really had a bad year if he played, so I took those risks, and then... You just got to
2: you just gotta remember that he was so good with Drew Brees, and he yeah. really hasn't played since Drew Brees. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's going to be very interesting to see how him and Derek Carr pan out, and then after that, I end up picking Cam Akers for a pretty good backup running back to the case. One of my running backs is having a bye week or something. And then after that, I got David Montgomery from the Lions and then Jamal Williams from the Saints. So I feel like I got a pretty solid team. I always brag with my boys and say I got the best team in the league every year. <laughs> but I feel like that's a pretty solid enough team to get me far in the uh, playoffs. So I wish everybody the best who played fantasy football. You guys both got solid teams. Well, and y'all in multiple leagues. Oh, one one and so. two.
2: Me and Deshaun, really? one and two to win the league. So that's gonna be wow. interesting. Look at that. That's crazy. Probably it means that... nothing in the grand scheme. <laughs> yeah. Of as of right now, but, uh, <laughs> right now we can bask in it. And we yeah. can. We sure can. <laughs> go champions.
0: We'll give an update at the end of the year to see how things panned out with all our leagues. For but sure. are you guys sure. playing just for fun, or is there any money wagers involved?
2: Fun money. Okay. Definitely makes yeah. sense. And that's makes a great sense. term for
0: it. <laughs> fun money. So with that being said, we're gonna approach the end of our episode here. I'm gonna ask these guys one more question, and then I'll let y'all go. But just. Where did your love of sports begin? Is there a specific memory that pulled you into where it really made you a fan of sports just in general? Mine personally, I'll start off as Derek as I see the faces of them saying like, okay, this is my moment. Favorite basketball player used to be Derek Rose When I saw him high flying and dunking and just doing the things he did on the basketball court, he instantly drew me into basketball. And unfortunately, as he got injured and with me being young he kind of like erased from my mind as I yeah. didn't see him on the court no more and it was this guy number six from the Miami Heat some of you may be familiar with him, His name is LeBron James and ever since I saw him he's been my favorite basketball player ever since and I've been someone who since I saw people like switch teams a lot and like growing up in sports I always made sure I was a fan of players and not um teams because sometimes people call you a bandwagon if your favorite player go to one team you're like, well I'm a Cavs fan or oh, I'm a Heat fan or Lakers fan. So I've always just been a fan of players in um just my sports life and then just seeing Derek Rose I always give him props for introducing me to the game of basketball as far as my memory goes. But I'll let you two take the floor and then I'll end it after that. Funny thing about me
2: is I was never destined to be a sports guy. Really? Uh, I think I think I was like six or seven when I got into sports, but before that, it was all Star Wars okay. and, and Kung Fu Panda. And, <laughs> Classic. Yeah, I was definitely more of an artist, still am, but uh, got into sports, I guess, later than a lot of people do. Around first, second grade, my first major sports memory was uh, Denver versus Pittsburgh, 2011 playoffs. Okay. Uh, Tim Tebow was the Broncos' quarterback. It was like his only good year in the NFL and he threw a dime to Demaryius Thomas rest in peace and the rest is history, he caught it stiff arm Dyke Taylor ran 60 yards with a touchdown pulled off probably the biggest upset in Broncos Broncos playoff history and got smacked by Brady in the next round but it was all worth it because that's when I really fell in love with, with sports.
0: It's crazy you mention that because I was watching Shannon's uh, Club Shay Shay episode with Stephen A. Smith and he mentioned that specific moment as one of the huge heartbreaks of his fan, uh, fan life because he's a huge Pittsburgh yeah. fan and he was heavy on Tim Tebow when he was in the league so he mentioned that specific moment as just something that antagonized him so it's crazy to see the flip side of that as a Denver fan it's also crazy I forgot about Demarius Thomas definitely rest in peace or so one of the greatest Bronco receivers of all time and we'll go from, nice. from Deshaun and then I'll try and end it off after that
1: so, I mean, there's a lot of different moments that I could probably go towards. I mean, like, I watched a lot of football when I was younger, but I think that it's going to have to be um, in the basketball category for me. Um, uh, there's two players really in mind, and um, one that I want to obviously um, give my condolences to is Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace. I um, as, as a child, you know, I didn't watch too much Lakers success, but I watched Kobe Bryant do, give everything, every night, to that Lakers team and to his fans. Like, I think that's, like, at some point, like, obviously Kobe was all about winning, but at some point I knew that he also took into the fact that the fans were very important and part of the game of basketball, you know? I think I seen a quote, something about, like, why Kobe, like, this is obviously before, like, um, resting players on the, on the average, but... Um, he mentioned that you know the, some of these people may never come and see a Lakers game again, or some of these people may never be able to watch me play on nothing more than TV. So he gave it his all every single night, you know. And Kobe was a winner. That's that's exactly who he was. Um, and then a, another person that obviously you mentioned, um, LeBron James. He he's, a, he's been a big icon for me. But like uh, you met Miami number six, I didn't know too much about LeBron being that young when he was in Cleveland. You know, I was still pretty young, but. I have, like, I still got, like, little tater tot jerseys of Miami Heat, you know, the blackout jersey and the whiteout jersey, so both those guys are huge icons, Um, and so I'm not sure that there's an exact moment, but just, I mean, like, as a kid watching Kobe was everything to me, you know, like, and, you know, hearing about the unfortunate news later as as I got older was, like, it was was heart-crushing. But what he did for the game was yeah, something that i would never you'll never see again. Even even as being as close as someone like Michael Jordan' play style, it was a totally different impact, a completely different impact.
0: Yeah, I mean you hear it all throughout the world. Mamba mentality, twenty four eight. It's just Kobe Bryant was one of those players to where he was unique enough to know that there may not be no one like this ever again. Because you have like you mentioned Michael Jordan, and just talking about how bigger than life he seemed and then lebron james with being who he is being scrutinized He was 18 years old and exceeding expectations but you look at kobe bryant and it was more than just basketball Kobe, it was like he said a mamba mentality and definitely rest in peace to one of the greatest athletes of all time yeah. let alone just nba players and with that being said this was a phenomenal conversation i want thank you guys one more time just because growing up watching shows like first taken undisputed part of me always wanted to be in that position to have those debates with people you're close to about Mm -hmm. sports and things you love so in a way you two are making part of my dreams come true and i really want to thank both of y'all for that and in my opinion y'all did really great for y'all first time being a part of a podcast is being someone who has his own podcast and some of the being a part of some of the podcast here so what do you guys think people listening at home wherever you guys are listening we could have went longer. I had a few ideas that I still had in my notes that we definitely could have talked about. We're probably going to talk about it off camera. But what would you guys want? Shorter episodes, longer episodes? Let somebody know, and then it'll get back to us eventually. But this has been the Sports Roundtable. I'm your host, Anthony Brinson.
1: I'm Deshaun Johnson. I just want to say thank you again,
2: Anthony, for the opportunity.
0: No problem at all. I appreciate you taking the opportunity. And-
2: Thomas Cobb. Thanks, Anthony. This has been awesome. And back at it next week.
0: Back at it next week. I'm excited. See y'all later.